Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Hello, everyone. It's another episode of the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, and I am your host, Akena. I first have to apologize. Last week, we did not have an episode. Do forgive me. It won't happen again. And the reason why I feel compelled to say that at the very beginning is because this particular episode, I'm going to be talking about accountability. So I have to be accountable. This is a weekly podcast and I failed. I own that and I shall do better. And that's what accountability looks like. Today, I wanted to talk about accountability because of something that has been going on. Uh, If you are here in the U.S., you are probably aware of the drama that has been going on, particularly in uh, the community, right, of African-American community, with Kobe Bryant passing away. Gail King did an interview with Lisa Leslie where she brought up some of the um, complicated history that uh, Kobe Bryant had and handled it in a way that a lot of people disagreed with. I'm not going to talk about whether I agree with it or not, uh, but I want to talk about the things that happened after the interview. After the interview two things happened that are part of our culture today. One was that people started to drag her, which is what the term is, right? And dragging is when someone starts to talk about you uh, in a negative way. And so they were doing that on the various social media uh, sort of outlets, on her Instagram, etc. And it got to the point where... Uh, one of the rappers, Snoop, got into it and and proceeded to do it in a very violent way, verbally violent way, right? Calling her out of her name and things like that, uh, which brought up another uh, level of conversation. Even Bill Cosby got into it, right? He was tweeting from jail. I was like, okay, all right, this is interesting. Now, this drag culture, I want to talk about that as well as the cancel culture. So other people were saying, okay, she's canceled. This idea of canceling people, like when people don't do what you expect them to do or what you want them to do, you're canceling them, they're canceled, Uh, you're canceling organizations and so on and so forth. Now, I totally understand and, and not only understand, but I agree with choosing to disengage at times when someone or even an organization has shown you over and over again that they are unable to change or unwilling to change their practices and their practices are damaging to you. However, council culture doesn't even really look at all of that. Sometimes it's just that people have done what you don't like. You don't even fully understand it. You're just, you know what, they're canceled. And we have a bit of a mob mentality with the dragging and the cancel culture. And I wanted to talk about it today because what I think is happening is a few things. There are a few things that I feel like are happening that I'd like to talk about. One of them is that people are 
frustrated and wanting to hold people accountable. And this dragging and counseling is an attempt to create accountability. And unfortunately, not only does it not create accountability, it it may even do the opposite and it contributes to the second thing that I want to talk about is this energy and this the way that we are becoming as a culture, as a human culture, this level of anger, this level of vitriol, this this diminishing in compassion and humanity that is becoming more and more common. In a sense, it's almost like we're beginning to de-evolve and gentility and manners and kindness are becoming less and less commonplace and just the worst is becoming more and more acceptable, which is why you're seeing it more. So I want to talk about both of those things separately. Let's first talk about accountability. Because like I said, I really do think that people are just frustrated. They've had it up to here with seeing people not be held accountable. And now, because social media has empowered so many things, you know, social media has created this very uh, democratic kind of um, system where everybody has a voice and everybody has a platform. And it makes you feel good, right, to put something out there. And in fact, I think that that's part of why dragging feels better than than what true accountability looks like. And I'm going to talk about that in a second because the more, and this, and this is what feeds the, the beast, right? The nastier it is, the more cutting it is, the more contemptuous it is. Typically, you know, the more comments, the more attention you get. And the more attention you get, it's a form of validation. So you feel as if you're doing something even if it's not really moving the dial, you're not changing the behavior because accountability is around, is about changing behavior. It's about making someone aware, giving them feedback, and hopefully getting them to understand why their behavior needs to be changed. That's what accountability really is. Dragging doesn't do that. Dragging just makes you feel better if you just want to, you know, feel as if you're saying something. And, and in fact, to... What I have seen, and I'm pausing because I'm wanting to be thoughtful about how I present this, because I've seen this happen in many of our cultures. And when I say our, I mean cultures of color. Many of us come from oral traditions. And so just the saying it out and and getting it out of your body feels good right? So you say it or you type it, whatever it is, you're getting it out. So before we had social media, people would drag you like, I'll drag you in these streets. Okay. That may not sound um, normal coming from my mouth because I'm not, I wasn't, I was born here, but I wasn't raised African-American. So while I'm fascinated and I, and I love, and I'm in it, right? I'm in it. It doesn't quite always sound natural in my mouth. So just bear with me. Okay. So, but I I did see that once on TV and I I loved it and I've never said it ever. And I will probably never, ever say, I can't imagine when I'll have to say to someone, I'll drag you in these streets, right? But 
you see people saying that, and, and, and this was a grown woman saying that, right? A grown businesswoman saying that, which again speaks to this feeling of it's I'm I'm powerful and that's why I'm going to drag you. And it is weakness not to do it. It is weakness not to take you apart. It is weakness not to knock you down because I'm not going to allow you to, to behave that way. I'm going to show you how powerful I am by dragging you. And we do the same thing on social media. We do the same thing uh, in, in when we're typing comments and so on and so forth. That is, it makes you feel good, but it is not effective. And it adds negativity into the world. What is effective, and I'd like to talk about what accountability really does look like, because it is important to hold people accountable. So, for example, if you watched the interview, and I did see some people really do take these steps, right? Watch the interview, clearly were didn't agree with it. If you didn't agree with it, you're perfectly within your rights not to agree with it, right? And if you didn't agree with it, then and you wanted to make sure that she understood as a as one of her audience members that what she did, how she handled it, you didn't appreciate it, you didn't think it was right. You have every right to give her feedback. That's how you hold people accountable. And I saw people do this, and I wanted to walk you through a few steps, whether you're talking to an individual, trying to hold them accountable, whether you are reaching out to somebody who's a luminary and you are leaving a comment or you're writing a letter to the network or whatever the case is, whether you're writing to your congressman, hold, trying to hold someone accountable, these steps apply. And I want to give you these steps so that next time you're tempted to drag someone in these streets, I couldn't resist, right? <laughs> you have a better way to approach it. So when you are trying to hold someone accountable, the first thing is to manage your own emotions. Because whenever something happens, you're going to have your own emotions about it. And those emotions that you have, if you are someone who's prone to saying, so, so, and so pushed my buttons or... I'm feeling this way because of what they did. I want you to learn to own your own stuff. You're feeling a certain way, not just because of what they did, but because it's triggering something within you. It's so much more powerful to have a look within and say, why am I feeling this way because of what was said? Why am I feeling this way because of what was done? What's coming up for me? Because you are feeling a certain way because of yourself. That ownership allows you to manage your emotions. And so even if you realize, okay, I'm really angry right now. I don't even know why I'm angry. I need to step away and unpack it. Or maybe I don't want to unpack it right now, but I recognize I'm angry and I need to take care of that first before I even address it. You can say, listen, what you said has made me really angry, even though, you know, I've just talked to you about owning your emotions, even if you don't have any better language than that, what you said has made me really angry. A better way to say that is actually, I'm feeling really angry right now as a result of this conversation, and I would like some time to think about it. So I would like to come back to this to talk to you about this. It's something I really need to talk to you about, but I can't talk to you right now. I need to take a moment. I need to take a beat. Can we put a pin in this? 
I don't have the bandwidth to deal with this right now. Can I come back to this? It's important that we come back to this, but I need to take a moment. Give yourself space to process it. That's if you're in in the midst of a conversation. If you are watching something on television and having an emotional reaction, do not get on Twitter right away. Put your phone down, step away from the phone, step away from the computer, step away from social media, process it. You know, you can, and if you must use the phone, call, call a friend, phone a friend, phone a friend and talk about it before you do something that is you to many, you to the atmosphere, which is social media, right? Just call a friend and talk about it. Process your emotions. If you can train yourself to manage your emotions, process them first before reacting, you will become infinitely more powerful immediately. So the first piece is managing your emotions. After you have managed your emotions and you are now calm and you are now in a place where you can respond, then the next thing that I recommend is ask questions if possible. So this is if you're dealing with an individual. There's something they've done, you don't agree with it, but you don't really know everything about why they did what they did, right? Often, very, very often, we'll tell ourselves a story. So they did this, you've told yourself a story, you've assigned a lot of meaning to their behavior, and you don't then... Not only you're not only acting on the fact of what they did, you're acting upon the story that you've told yourself about what they did. So an easy way to diffuse that is inquire. Ask questions. Ask questions. This is what you did, and I'd like to know why. You know, I'd I'd love to learn more about what you were thinking when you did this, or you know, here's what it looks like to me, but I want to hear from you why you took this route or why you chose this path or why you did what you did. And, I, and by the way, all of this is in a healthy relationship when you're talking to someone who's actually willing to engage. When you talk to someone who does not want to be held accountable, when you attempt these steps, they will not have a good reaction. Okay, you want to step away to manage your emo- own emotions, they may not allow you to do so, they want to argue about it or whatever. You want to inquire about their behavior, they may not be willing to respond, you know, whatever, say whatever you say, I did what I did because I said what I said, I said what I said, right? Again, something that's very common in this culture. They're, they don't, they're not willing to do the work to tell you why. They don't know why. Sometimes they're reacting, right? So you're inquiring. They don't want to be held accountable. They're going to deflect. They're going to project. They're going to attack. They're going to shout. They're going to do anything possible not to be held accountable. It's like, you know, holding an eel, right? It's going to be slippering, just trying to get away from you as much as possible. It's going to do everything it can. So don't be distracted, okay? When you try to hold them accountable and you're saying, well, I want to know why you did this because, you know, I don't really appreciate this, da-da-da. Well, you know, you always do da-da-da-da. Don't be distracted. Come back to the matter at hand. And if they show that they really cannot handle being held accountable, then you have to decide whether or not you're going to invest more energy in the path of accountability because accountability is about hopefully changing behavior. Someone who is not willing to be held accountable is not willing to change their behavior and you have to decide whether it's worth it or not. But should you choose to proceed, you ask questions to discover intent. And, you know, this is a really good point because 
when you discover intent, it may diffuse some of your anger or frustration when you realize, oh, maybe they didn't have any negative intent, but the manner in which they handled it was poor. Then you can offer compassion as you then do the next step, which is when you give clear feedback on the impact and the results. So if they say, well, this was my intent, this is why I wanted to do this, then you're able to say, well, okay, thanks for sharing that. I recognize that that was your intent. However, let me tell you the impact of your behavior. This is what happened. This is what it felt like. This is, this is the result. Because you did this, this is how it looked on this side. And each individual is responsible not only for the intention, but the impact. This was a game-changing awareness for me. I learned this years ago in one of um, the classes I took for my organizational and change leadership course years ago uh, when I was in Georgetown. I remember one of the professors said that just in passing, and it locked in because it was like, whoa. And she said, you are responsible for your intention and your impact. Because so often we would say, well, you know, you, you heard it wrong. You didn't, re- you know, you're, you're taking it wrong. That wasn't my intention. And, and we just brush it off that way because we say, well, as long as I had a good intention, that should be okay. No, you're accountable for the intention and the impact and the impact. It's really important that we have that awareness. So you give clear feedback on the impact and the results. You don't give feedback on the intention because you don't know their intention. If they didn't answer the question, or a lot of times we just go into, you know what, you're just this, 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 you're always this, 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 and you start talking about what you think they were doing and what you think they wanted to do. And you start talking about their emotions and their, you get in, you try to get in their heads and you talk about their character, that doesn't help. Trust me, I know. <laughs> what, ma- what helps is helping them see the factual like results, show them the impact, because they know their character, they know what they intended, but if you show them the actual results, the other, you know, they get less defensive because you're not attacking their character. You're saying, here's the results of what you did. Here's the results of, you know, the impact. That allows them to process too. And it allows them to see. It gives them a mirror, which gives an opportunity for changed behavior. And finally, set clear expectations for the future. So you've had a conversation about the impact, and now you're saying, well, going forward, here's what I hope to see. Here's what I would like to see. Here's my expectations, and and vice versa. So you can have a conversation about it. So this is when you're obviously in a one-on-one type of experience, but if you are doing this to a leader or luminary, someone outside of your direct contact, the same rules apply. You are saying, you know, and I saw a few people write thoughtful comments kind of saying, well, here's what I saw, here's the impact, here's what I wish I would happen next time. And that, again, leaves room that that person can actually read that, have an understanding, have an awareness, because accountability is about awareness. That awareness then can then lead to changed behavior. But when we attack, people are just automatically going to be defending 
that's just the natural stance any human being would take to defend themselves. So I would hope that we would evolve past this drag culture and really start holding people accountable and even the canceling people, right? So I, like I said, I've said many times, I have no problems disengaging when someone has shown a propensity for a certain type of behavior that is damaging to me or they have shown that they're going to be on a particular path that I can't walk on. I don't have a problem disengaging and loving from afar. I don't have a problem disengaging from an organization that their culture and their values don't match mine. No problem at all. But the challenge around cancel culture is that very often it's not as thoughtful a process. It's reactionary, like it's reactive, not reactionary. Reactive. Listen, guys, please forgive me. As I am recording this podcast, let me just be on. Can I just have a transparent moment? Can we, can we take a time out? Let me just tell you. Listen, I went to kickboxing. I literally got back from kickboxing not that long ago. And I had to call on Jesus in the class. I thought I was going to die. I'm not kidding you. I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating. I thought I was going to die. I was so tired. I have never been this tired. I thought, oh, this is crazy. I felt every bit of my age in that class. At some point, she's having us do some kinds of squats. And I was like, ooh, ah, ooh, my knee. My partner was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I get out of the class and it's like 20 minutes later and I'm still panting. Help me, Jesus. So just please, if this podcast isn't perfect, please have mercy on me. Please give me grace and compassion. Please understand that my intention was good. It was good. I'm just tired. So back to the matter at hand, though. Back to the matter at hand. I just had to share that with you. You know, <laughs> actually, before we go back to the better at hand, let me, let me tell you what I said to myself. My sister always says it, my younger sister, she cracks me up. She says, listen, na fat, I fat, I no kill person, which is hilarious to me. It is Nigerian slang, which means, listen, I'm just, I'm fat. I didn't murder anybody. So why should I punish myself this way? <laughs> so today the car is like, oh my God, la fat, I fat, I don't kill person, I beg, I don't go die. Oh Lord. So I had to just, you know, tell myself, take it easy, go on home. All right. I was trying to do a double and I said, no, no, no. One kickboxing class is enough for the night. Get, get in the car, go home. I was going to try and do some yoga, but I shall be laying down and doing a, a, the yoga pose of sleep in my bed in a moment. But uh, <laughs> before I do that, let me close this out. Let me close this out. So I was saying that the challenge with this cancel culture is that it doesn't leave room for growth and transformation. Because most of the time we cancel from a very reactive place. We haven't even done the first step of managing our emotions. So we're highly triggered. And because we look at triggers as something external that we have to stop, you know, triggers are clues. When you're getting triggered, it's an opportunity for you to look within and ask why you're getting triggered. But most people, when they get triggered by something, a lot of times they're just canceled, like, you're canceled, you're canceled. But the challenge of counseling is that you don't get to do your work and 
they certainly never have that opportunity. And so if you're counseling people in your life, left, right, and center, especially if you don't even discuss it with them, you don't even tell them, you just cancel them. They don't even realize they're canceled until one day they try to reach out to you and they're blocked (laughs) or something like that. There's no room for growth and transformation. And people do grow and transform. That's really the truth. Now, I'd like to point out one other piece around this whole scenario was just how verbally violent some of the feedback that she was getting. And it's not just Gail King, but we see it more and more, right? So more and more on social media, people are just mean and just cruel and just the things people say. Sometimes when I read comments on blogs or on Instagram or whatnot, I'm amazed at how deep it gets and how violent it gets. It really does get violent. And I've come to the conclusion that we as a culture are just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. I mean, when you look at everything going on, you can see that we're getting angrier as a people. Just just look around. The conversations that we're having, the, the way people are expressing themselves, things that were not acceptable in the past are seemingly acceptable now. We watch police officers express more violence. And yes, probably that was happening in the past and now we're documenting things and so we're seeing more of it. But I just, I I see more and more of this anger. And I do believe that because a lot of people are angry, yes, because there's a sense of powerlessness and you see a lot of lack of accountability. Like I said, there's you know, we we're, we have questionable leadership on many fronts in many areas. We're, we're frustrated. You feel as if you can't really change things. There's a lot of sadness, I think, a lot of grief, unresolved grief about many things that we're carrying around. There's a tremendous amount of fear. A lot of people are afraid. And that fear is at the root of a lot of things, and it's creating these hyper-aggressive reactions. And I believe that this whole dragging and cancel culture stems from that. And here's the thing, like when, we, when, when I looked at what um, Snoop had said and the way he said it, not only did I think it spoke to him, the kind of individual that he showed himself to be because whatever someone says is really about them and less about who they're talking about and more about how they show up. But I also took it as it was a a thermometer as to where we were as a culture, you know, looking at the whole system because it's easy to look at one individual and just, again, cancel him, but he's indicative of where we are as a culture. And so if we look at those cases as thermometers and as a way to check the temperature and say, wait a minute, this is where we are. Hold on a minute. Let's pay attention. This is a marker. This is an awareness point for all of us collectively. Because the thing about anger is that it can just grow 
and grow into a black hole of bitterness and darkness. And in that darkness, people can degrade into the most vile parts of themselves. And we as a people, we're seeing that more and more because it's so insidious. And when we see it in these moments and in these individual you know, situations, it can seem as if the anger is justified, but that anger is unresolved. Even with the drag culture, with the council culture, all of that is unresolved anger because nothing really happens. There's no real resolution, right? You put it out there. You don't. You feel a little better initially because there's that. It's moving through your body in some way, but it's still unresolved. And that anger that is left unresolved, I believe, it can be like a virus that mutates the soul. And so, for us as a people, we have to begin to pay attention, especially those of us that have risen up. And I mean, when I say those of us that have risen up, it's anyone who is conscious and who wants to be part of positive movement in the world. We owe it to ourselves and to the generations after us to do the work, to sound the alarm, to call things out, to do the healing work within ourselves individually, and to invite the collective to do the healing work as well. Because it is healing. It is healing. Because when you are healed, you don't react out of anger all the time. You know, When you are reacting out of anger all the time, there's something unhealed within you. It is easy enough to point fingers externally, but I promise you, if you are always angry, if you are always attacked, if you are always wounded, then you have to look within yourself and really be willing to answer the hard questions and ask the hard questions even first and then answer them and do that work because we do have to heal. We have to become more intentional as a people. And, and for me, that's why I wanted to sit and record this particular podcast, which is out of sequence, because next week you will hear, um, we'll go back to the wealth conversations that we have been having. And I have a great new um, guest who's going to be talking about investing in the stock market. So tune in next week. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Just had to put that in there really quick. But back to what I was saying, it's so important that we do the work to heal because we have to return to ourselves to start seeing the humanity in each other again, to stop being intentional with love in ways that we haven't been, to start seeing the divinity in ourselves again. So I wanted to record this podcast to call attention to, yes, how angry we are, I see it, and how hurt many people are, and how frustrated, and how outraged, and all of that is understandable, but we cannot let the sun go down on our anger. We cannot let this anger become how we live. And so let's shift from dragging to holding accountable. Let's shift from canceling to counseling. And let's shift from anger to healing. And may we all prosper even as our souls prosper. Amen? Amen. God bless you. 
Thank you for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you, especially those of you that leave reviews, those of you that send me messages, those of you that have given us a rating, those of you that are subscribed. Yay, you. I really appreciate you. You don't even understand. It's such a gift. And especially when I run into you, those of you at different events and you say, I listen to your podcast. Each and every one of you matters so much to me. So thank you very, very much. And if you have listened to this and you found it valuable, please do share it. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. And if you want to talk about it more, come on and join us in the Iconic Womanhood Facebook group. Come on in. It's completely free. We're doing some interesting things in the coming weeks, so I don't want you to miss out on that. So if you're on Facebook at all, you should totally join the group. But we do ask you to answer the questions. Some people just um, ask to join, but I'm asking you to answer questions because we want you to come in, be intentional. You know I'm big about intention, so those questions are part of you being intentional and part of you engaging. So answer the questions. Come on in. I'd love to connect with you there. And I'm glad to connect with you here. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. God bless. Be well.